deep, deep into my eyes. You are witnessing a demonstration of the awesome power of the human mind. The unlimited potential of total concentration. My mind is totally focused, able to maintain absolute and utter control. A mind such as this is a powerful force. It could even rule the world. Hey! Huh? You must remember that no harm will come to you. No harm will come to you. No harm will come to you. Just relax. Just relax. You will do exactly as I tell you. Goddamn ridiculous. I'm out on the road, up on the roof, looking for something, but there's no proof that anyone's ever been here at all. Hey there, everybody, it is PT Pop. With all four lobes of my brain securely bound behind my back, Welcome to P.T. Pop, A Mind Revolution, where I lead you out of the rabbit hole one grain of truth at a time. Today's episode, Mind Control by Cell Phone. Can't you wait to hear the exciting details of this? So here we are today. I'm recording this wonderful thing in the middle of December, and it is like 65 degrees here in Cleveland, so I think the end of the world is around the corner. We've got mile-wide tornadoes in Kentucky that traveled over 200 miles and killed about 100 people. First time in the history of the country that's ever happened. Can you imagine a mile-wide tornado coming at you? I'd I'd shit my pants, and I I don't know what I'd do. Had to be horrifying. Just beyond. There's probably no words to describe the horror those people met. So, um, or what those people felt or experienced. And my my thoughts and prayers go out to the people of Kentucky, Mayfield, Kentucky, I think it was. And I think tornadoes hit Kentucky, Illinois, Tennessee, all over the place. So uh, hang in there, and uh, we are going to talk today about some really exciting stuff. I've done a lot of research on this topic. But before I get to that, I really would like to talk about some other things. And... um, I uh, I want to thank everybody who watches my YouTube channel. I've got a couple of different places that you can go and you can listen to me, and you can watch my watch my YouTube and my my uh, conspiracy type videos on PT Pop. Go to youtube.com forward slash PT Pop. I'm also on bitshoot.com under a mind revolution, and. Where else am I? I'm, uh, I I've just recently changed podcast providers. I was on one platform, and I recently just switched over to Anchor.fm. <clears throat> and I did that because Anchor was free, and I also make money off of Anchor through sponsorships. I do it automatically, regardless of how many downloads I have, regardless of how many sponsors I have. So I'm having a great time on Anchor. I'm making not a lot of money, but I think once I build up my... My viewership or my download ship or my audience here, um, I'll be making more money at it, which is something I was hoping to do. So one thing that happened, though, is they um, will not, 
they will not allow me to bring over all of my episodes from the previous platform. And I'm not certain why, you know, it's a probably competitor thing because they took my podcast over to another platform. So I went over to anchor.fm. They only, only let me take like 10 episodes. So if you're a regular listener, um, a lot of my episodes are going to disappear like magic. They'll be gone. And I do have a lot of them saved on external hard drives, but um, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back and upload them again. Some of them transferred over. Some of them are still on the previous platform. Um, but I think like after 90 days, they delete like everything but the most recent 90 days. And I've been doing this for like three years. So I'm going to lose all of these episodes. So if you can't find them or they're gone, or you see me duplicated, some of my episodes will be on a couple different platforms twice. It's been really strange. So um, I also want to talk to you about something. I'm going to do, do something that is really capitalistic. And now, PT Pops. Shameless self-promotion. Yes. Shameless self-promotion. I'm such a capitalist, even though I'm a conspiracy theorist. I have a wonderful movie out there that I wrote, directed, starred in. I um, did all the music in the film. I did all the editing. I'm very, very proud of this production. It's called The Artist a documentary. I know it's a very clever title. <laughs> um, you know, the title's kind of funny because I, I, I'm sitting around trying to figure out what to call the darn thing. And my wife said, just just pick a title and go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> and I just stuck with the artist of documentary. And it's a great, a great movie. I'm very, very proud of this. You're going to like it. This movie basically... I'll tell you what it is. Uh, it's filmed in the thriving art community in Dayton, Ohio. And the artist documentary, what it does, it explores the life of an artist through con conversations with people passionate about what it means to be an artist, the challenges they face in the digital age, and the importance of the support of the art community. And there's a variety of wonderful people in there. There's a guy named Rodney Veal. There's my friend Logan Rogers. Rodney's a dancer, a teacher, and a choreographer. Um, Logan is a fine artist and a graphic designer. Rusty Harden is a painter and an art community art community activist. Uh, Dana Wiley is a gallery owner. All these people are in, in Dayton, and they talk about the struggles everybody has as an artist in in the art world. So check it out. It's for sale on my website, theartistadocumentary.com. It's also on Vimeo.com. You can see it on Plex.com. And it's just $2.99 to rent it if you want to rent it. You can um, buy it for $4.99. It's a wonderful movie. I'm very proud of it. And I hope you all like Hope you all check it out. So there you have. There's my shameless self-promotion. So um, tonight's topic, today's topic, whenever you happen to be listening to this, is... A very serious one. And I've titled this this topic, Mind Control by Cell Phone. And I don't know about you. I, I've been talking for a few years about how I think they are out to get you. The government, the corporations are there to control your mind, control your attitude, control your willing to, willingness to fight. And I haven't really drilled down at all. I haven't really gone down into specifics. And one day I, I was looking at my cell phone. 
just recently, and I'm on Instagram, and there's nothing to look at on there. There's nothing. There's nothing worth looking at. But I keep scrolling through page after page after page. Like, my eyes don't blink. I'm blinkingly. I'm just staring at the page like, oh, there's a kitten and I'm rolling around the ball of yarn. Oh, there's a guy picking his nose in a, in a laundromat. Oh, there's a picture of a hippopotamus in a, in a dress. Oh, oh, there's a dominatrix shoving safety pins through her slave's nipples. Oh, you know, on and on. Like, none of this stuff is interesting to me, but I couldn't take my, I couldn't pull my eyes away from it. Have any of you found that? You just can't, you can't pull your eyes away from this screen of this iPhone or your Android, whatever smartphone you happen to have. And I, I, th- I said to my wife, I'm, I'm looking at this, but I, there's nothing to look at. And she's like, I know, I do the same thing. And we both, we wake up in the morning, we sit down at the breakfast table, sitting across from each other, we pull out our, our iPhones, we say good morning, we start shoveling cereal in our mouths, and then we just glaze at what I call the glowing icon, the glowing deity that's in our hand. Oh, look, look, somebody went to see a concert once. Somebody once saw Abba at the local venue. Oh, look at that. Somebody went and juggled kittens. Oh, and we we just sit there mesmerized, you know, giving each other things we've discovered in the news media over the last 24 hours since we looked at our phone. We can't pull our eyes away from it. We're addicted. It's like the phone is a retractor beam. Look deep into my eyes. You will be safe. No harm will come to you. Look at Facebook. Look at Instagram. Look at TikTok. I wonder why they named TikTok TikTok. It's a, it's a Chinese company. I wonder if it's TikTok because TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Your life is slipping away. TikTok, TikTok. We're taking your life away. And I've always been wondered, I've always been wondered, I've always wondered why we can't look away from these devices. They're, they're almost impossible to pull our way, pull our eyes away from. It's almost like they're putting us into a trance. And I'm, I did some research on this and I, I found an article called Mind Control by Cell Phone. And this is from Scientific American. ScientificAmerican.com, legitimate source of scientific analysis and information. It's written by R. Douglas Fields, and it was published 12 years ago, 13 years ago, on May 7th, 2008. And this article analyzes a variety of studies that are done, scientific studies that were done, with cell phones, and they would strap cell phones to people's heads and turn them on, turn them off. At the same time, they were doing like a brain scan of the brain to see what parts of the brain became active. And here's some of the results of those studies. Now, the first study was done... Now, these are old phones. This is a 13-year-old study. This is 14 years old. I'm sorry. 2008, 13- or 14-year-old study. Study number one was done with a Nokia 6110, and they strapped it to participants' heads, and this is what the results showed. Now, I'm, I'm just pulling little bits and pieces out of this study. The data showed that when the cell phone was transmitting, the power of a characteristic brainwave pattern called alpha waves was in the person's brain was boosted significantly. 
So alpha waves were boosted significantly in the person's brain. And these brain waves, alpha waves, these brain waves reflect a person's state of arousal and attention. Alpha waves are generally regarded as an indicator of reduced mental effort, or what's called cor cortical idling, or mind wandering. So you're in an alpha state if you're like daydreaming, or if your mind's wandering, or you're in a, like a little hypnotic trance. Isn't this funny? It sent them into like this little trance. It activated that part of the, the brain that, that transmits or initiates alpha waves. Alpha waves increase in power when a person shifts his or her consciousness of the external world to internal thoughts. <clears throat> they are also the key brain wave signatures of sleep. <laughs> so when you turn on your phone and you start talking on it, it initiates the alpha waves which puts your brain in, in puts your brain to sleep, puts you to sleep, puts you in a trance. And in study number two, James Horn, and I thought I put down here who James James Horn was. Um, okay, James Horn and his colleagues at the Laughborough University Sleep Research Center in England devised an experiment to test this question. The results were surprising. Not only could the cell phone signals alter a person's behavior during the call, the effects of the disrupted brainwave patterns continued long after the phone was switched off. So this scientist and his colleagues found that it significantly alters the brainwaves and the thought patterns of a person who's on the phone. But it quickly became obvious, it states here, this is a quote from the study, it quickly became obvious to home, to Horn, I'm sorry, his name is Horn, James Horn, to Horn and colleagues in preparing for the sleep research experiments that some of the test subjects had difficulty falling asleep. So what they discovered here is that since it disrupts this part of the brain, what, well, what, I'm sorry, the, the, the study number two research the effects of sleep on people who use their cell phone a significant amount. And I found this interesting because about 14 years ago, when we got our first iPhone, I started having rest restless leg syndrome, and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep at all. I was just desperate to sleep. I love to sleep. It's like one of my favorite pastimes. It's just an escape for me. It must be a way I medicate myself, but I love to sleep, and I could not sleep. And I used to live in Arizona, and it could never seem to get cool enough in the house because it's always hot out there, and I couldn't sleep. And so they put me on Ambien, and I started walking in my sleep, and I was doing all kinds of weird things, like grabbing bottles of mouthwash from the bathroom and um, putting the bottle of mouthwash next to the bed. I'd wake up in the morning, and the mouthwash uh, would be sitting on the floor next to my, our bed. Um, I walked into my brother-in-law's bathroom in his house, and I... I pissed all over his bathroom. I didn't pee in the toilet. I peed all over the bathroom. And I was trying to explain this to the man. I was completely sober, and I was on Ambien. I just, I just did. I say, I apologize, dude. I, I peed all over your bathroom, and I cleaned it up. He's like, there's no worries. He didn't freak out or anything. But I was having all kinds of trouble sleeping, and I, I, couldn't, I didn't ever think it was associated with my cell phone. So in this experiment, they found that people's sleep sleeping patterns were significantly disturbed because of their phones. 
In study number three, which was done with a Nokia 6310E, they took sleep-deprived sleep-deprived patients into this study, people that desperately need to sleep. And they strapped the phones to their heads and switched them through different modes while the person was trying to sleep. They put it in standby, they put it in listen, and they put it in talk. And this is a quote here. It says, The experiment revealed that after the phone was switched to talk mode, a different brain wave pattern called delta waves in the range of one to four hertz remained dampened for nearly one hour after the phone was shut off. Now, these brain waves, it says here, are the most reliable and sensitive marker of stage two sleep. Approximately 50% of total sleep consists of this stage, and the subjects remain awake twice as long after the phone transmitting in talk mode was shut off. So basically, it turns on this additional um, delta wave, and it keeps a person awake for a lot longer than they should be. So that's why a lot of us have trouble sleeping. I've had a horrible time sleeping for years now. And I've tried everything. I've tried drinking myself to sleep. I've tried all kinds of sleeping medications other than um, the one I just mentioned, the Ad- not Adderall. Or what did I say? Oh, it wasn't Adderall as a stimulant. Um, I was on Adderall, too, because I have ADHD. But um, Ambien, I think it was called Ambien. So after this research was done, the summary of the research stated, electromagnetic radiation can nevertheless have an effect on mental behavior when transmitting at the proper frequency. Now that's just one that I discovered here. Now this is fascinating because the thing you've got to understand, if you don't know this, these corporations that run the world have people that are psychologists and sociologists and anthropologists that work in their corporate headquarters to, to analyze people and cultures and trends to see how they can influence those people to buy their product and how to keep buying them. And one of the things they do is they try to keep you addicted to the product, think, make you think you have to have it, that you can't live without it. And I just, I've been, I've been these articles and these studies prove me right all along that, that we're being controlled and manipulated by these corporations. Excuse me. I have a cough drop in my mouth. If you hear some weird chattering in my mouth, my teeth are all intact, except for a couple that were yanked by the dentist. Now, here's a new, another article. This is an article from businessinsider.com. It's dated March 1st, 2019, many years after this other article was written. It's um, written by Hillary Bruick. Hillary Bruick is a graduate of Columbia Journalism School. She is an insider's health correspondent um, covering all things public health. Now, Hillary states in her article regarding the constant interruption from our smartphones, buzzes, beeps, and ringing, etc. This is all about how all the interruptions that we get affect us on a regular basis. And this is what she says. She says, quote, Our bodies have a different view. These constant alerts jolt our stress hormones into action. 
igniting our fight-or-flight response, our heartbeats quicken, our breath tightens, our breathing tightens, our sweat glands burst open, and our muscles contract. That response is intended to help us outrun danger, not answer a call or a text from a colleague or a friend. Unquote. Think about it. I mean, we have this fight-or-flight response that's woven into us, especially from primitive times when we were being chased down by saber-toothed tigers or a Tyrannosaurus Rex or whatever, and it told us to run, go, danger's nearby. But the same response is initiated in our, in our bodies when the phone rings or we get a text message or we see a notice on Facebook or Instagram that somebody messages, messages, messaged us. And it's, it has really bad effects on our bodies. <clears throat> now, she goes on to say electromagnetic signals from cell phones can change your brain waves and behavior. This is a completely different article, completely different study. She states here, scientists can do more with brain waves than just listen in on the brain at the brain at work. They can selectively control brain function by transcranial magnetic stimulus, or TMS. This technique uses powerful pulses of electromagnetic radiation beamed into a person's brain to jam or excite particular brain circuits. I'm just blown away by this. I mean, you know, every time I talk about this with friends or relatives, they think I'm crazy. They're like, oh, you're crazy. You're a conspirators conspiratorist or whatever I'm called. No, this is this is something that they do. And at first I thought it was the way the screen refreshed so many hertz per second, I thought the screen was putting my brain into a trance, which it still could be that I couldn't find any documentation in articles that, that justified my theory there. But this this goes to show that something transmitting from the phone <clears throat> is putting your brain into a trance. Now this next article is from Harvard from harvard.edu it's by trevor hoynes and it's dated may 28th i'm sorry it's dated may of 2018 and trevor um uh trevor haynes i'm sorry trevor haynes he quotes um their articles written by trevor haynes and he quotes Chamath, boy, I can't read this person's name, uh, Polyhaptia, Chamath Polyhaptia, former vice president of user growth at Facebook. This is a person that worked at Facebook, and his, and his, his or her um, primary function with Facebook was to increase growth of subscribers at Facebook. And he's quoted as saying, this Facebook former employee is quoted as saying, Platforms like Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram leverage the very same neural circuitry used by slot machines and cocaine to keep us using their products as much as possible. Taking a closer look at the underlying science may give us pause the next time you feel your pocket buzz. So what they do at Facebook and what this person is saying is this Facebook is structured to stimulate the neural circuitry that is also addicted to slot machines and the use of cocaine. It's a stimulant. 
And see, what, what this article also goes on to say is that um, there's a, a chemical released in our brain called dopamine. And dopamine is what we get when we get a social reward. So dopamine is a chemical produced by our brains that plays a starring role in modifying behavior. It gets released when we take a bite of delicious food, when we have sex, after we exercise, and importantly, when we have successful social interactions. In an evolutionary context, it rewards us for beneficial behaviors and motivates us to repeat them. So dopamine is something that's released. It's a reward. It makes you feel good. And it, it inspires you to repeat things over and over again. So the more you repeat something, the more dopamine you get. You're getting your dopamine hit. Dopamine. I got a good message on Facebook. Got dopamine. I got a message, a text message from my girlfriend. Dopamine. I, I saw a funny story on uh, Instagram. Dopamine. I saw a kitten juggling elephants. Dopamine. And it's a constant way of keeping you hypnotized. You're being hypnotized by all of these platforms and by all the devices that we hold. I'm, all of my theories are completely coming true here based off all these articles. The next article I found to support, my, to support my hypothesis that we're being hypnotized by our phones. The article is called How to Escape Our Technology, Induced Trance. This is an article by Anna Beebe. It was released on April 3rd. I'm sorry, April 13th, 2020. Anna is a U1 student currently pursuing a degree in anatomy and cellular biology. She has a keen interest in bioethics and chocolate chip cookies. Anna, we've got to talk. I'll show you my cookies if you show me yours. But anyway, <laughs> according to, in her article, it's, she, and I quote, and I quote, according to a survey conducted by Bank MyCell, out of 18 to 29-year-old smartphone owners surveyed, 22% check their phone every few minutes and 51% check every few times an hour. However, the addiction is not limited to young people. The Canadian Internet Registration Authority reports that the number of people between the ages of 55 and 75 who use their phone to search the Internet has been increasing 57% this year versus 44% in 2017 and only 24% in 2015. Furthermore, over half of, um, over half of Canadians spend over five hours on their phone daily. That's 20% of their day, 20% of their lives. That's a lot of time, people. 20% of your life sitting there staring at the glowing icon. I call it the glowing icon to my wife. Let us praise our going glowing icons. I praise iPhone, you know. Anna spoke with Professor Samuel Kolu, who teaches at McGill University's Anthropology Department. This, this is significant. Samuel Kolu is a visiting assistant professor in the Department of Anthropology at McGill University. His work focuses on psychic life effects and the imagination as stress of therapeutic intervention. 
His current research looks into roles that tra- that trance plays in our relationship with technology. Let me repeat that: the role that trance plays in our relationship with technology. As I said, we all go into this trance and we hold these uh, these phones. I don't go into trance when I'm on the computer. Not usually. I don't know what, what the difference is. I'm on the computer. I get tired of the computer and I want to get away from it. But when I'm on my phone. I just cannot look away. I go into a trance like, I love Popeye. Have you ever seen that? Um, Alice the Goon. Alice the Goon on Popeye. I love Popeye. And she's obsessed with Popeye. That's just, that was, that's a obscure reference probably for you younger folks. You're not going to know what that is. But I'm in my late 50s and Popeye was a cartoon. I watched a lot as a, lot as a kid. And there was this character named Alice the Goon that was obsessed with Popeye. Anyway, the, um, Samuel Kolu's current research looks in the role of trance as it plays in our relationships with technology. He states, one of the basic elements of entering a trance-like state is repetition. Let me go over this again here. And I, I got to, I guess I can't. So, he elaborates, for example, in a lot of rituals, you have drums or chanting, and the repetition can put you into a mild trance. Similarly, 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 I'm from college, educated land. (laughs) Similarly, with cell phones, we enter a form of compulsive repetition. For example, this man quotes, I often find myself looking at my email app, and I have no memory of the fact that I took it out of my pocket and typed in a passcode, a whole series of actions that are happening in a completely unconscious way. Kalu continued by discussing the form that this repetition can take with regards to our devices. It is connected to a series of infinite actions, the idea of a Facebook feed and scrolling. It is infinite. It goes on forever, which can put you in a mild trance. In that trance, you have a form of what I call, this is the the professor talking, the doctor talking, disinterested interest or depressive consumption. It is depressive because you start losing, loosening up your connections with the world around you, the real world around you. You're scrolling and at some level you're interested, but you're also bored. You enter a state that is other than which is why sometimes you look up from your phone and realize that 30 minutes have passed. And this happened to me last night. Last night, my wife went to bed at about 10.30. And we were watching some, like, um, one of those home shopping shows. They go look for million-dollar houses or something. And I pulled out my phone and started looking at Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And uh, I'm just looking at all this stuff and watching videos. The next thing I know, it's 2 in the morning. She went to bed at 20 to 11. The next thing, it was 2 in the morning. I'm like exhausted. I'm like, oh my God, let's go to bed. I, get, I got the dog and I went to bed. And I was in a trance. I was in a trance for hours. Um, but Professor Kolu continues, um, when we binge watch, when you binge watch, whether it's TV or on the cell phone, we enter into a form of pleasurable trance which implies a certain degree of depersonalization. Let me say that again. When we binge watch, we enter a form of pleasurable trance, 
which implies a certain degree of depersonalization. So the interesting aspect of our binge-watching experience is that we identify with the state of depersonalization. We become so attached to this trance-like loop, episode after episode after episode, we don't even care anymore about what we are watching, but we cannot stop. That to stop watching and or stop clicking might imply a temporary death of our relationship and subjective sense of self. So somehow we are identifying with this inanimate object that's glowing in our hands, and if we stop looking, we're, we're no longer, you know, subconsciously we've convinced ourselves that we're no longer attached to ourselves if we turn it off. Really bizarre. I mean, I, I get what I think I get what he's saying. Um, temporary death of our of our relational and subjective sense of self. So we find our, our, our subjective and our sense of self in these phones. We think we do. How crazy is that? So, in the same article, it says, the people behind it all. Who's behind all this? And as I've said in other episodes, I believe there's nefarious forces at the helm of these corporations like Facebook, Instagram, Apple, all of them. And see, they have a product to sell. And they want to sell the product so they can keep getting richer and richer and richer and make more and more money. Well, how do you get people to keep coming back to Apple or to iPhone or to Android or to Facebook or to Google and all this stuff? You have to make it addictive. You have to get some way to get people to go, I, I can't, I just can't live without this. And I've been there. I've been there with the iPhone. I take my iPhone everywhere. I take it into the bathroom. I take it to the doctor. I take it when I'm walking the dogs. I think I can't live without it. And I'm like, I go out with the dogs. Like, what happens? What if the dog, the dog falls, you know, and dog drops dead on the sidewalk? Who will I call? How will I? How will I get a hold of anybody? What do I? Ah! And these little these conversations go on in my head. Like, oh my god, I need my cell phone, but I don't really need it. I mean, the chances of something like that happening is rare, but. Each of us take this phone with us like we need it, like we need some connection to the to the human race. We need connection to the to the doctors or the police or whatever. Oh, my God. But who's behind it all? And as I stated before, these corporations have people that are psychologists that teach their marketing and their advertising people how to manipulate us and what groups and how to, how to manipulate different groups, whether it's Caucasian or African-American or Asian or men or women or young or old or children or whatever. They're, they're, they're attacking each and every one of us. So this professor states, who are the people that are designing these devices and what are their intentions? He, he asked that question. Kalu explained that the that the color uh, explained this through the example of grammar. I'm sorry. Let me start this again. Kalu explained that through the example of gamer retention experts, her research how to make video games more engaging so that players keep playing for longer. Now, Kalu said that the people working on these projects are engineers or computer computer scientists that are also very well read in anthropology neuroscience, and cognitive psychology. This also sheds, sheds some light on the ways in which other applications are, cha- are changing to become intentionally more addictive. They're intentionally making them more addictive. Kalu gave the example of Instagram that changed the algorithm 
so that they hold your no- your notifications until one moment when they give you a rush of all notifications rather than one at a time. He explained that the people who are designing phone applications know how to tap into your human capacity to go into a trance. I'll say that again. They're designing phone applications on how to tap into our human capacity to go into a trance. They want you in a trance. Your phone is working like a slot machine, and it's precisely because of this unexpected reward that you keep sticking around. Now, I've got a a nephew. I haven't seen him in about 10 years. Last time I saw him, he was about 16 years old. And I drove all the way to California to see him. When I was in Arizona, it was about an eight-hour drive, six-hour drive, something like that. I go out next to see him, but I had two nephews and a sister and a brother-in-law, and I drive out there every now and then and see them. And any time I walk in their house, my 16-year-old nephew was sitting on their couch in their family room with a headset with a microphone on and, and um, a controller in his hand and this huge screen TV, and he was talking to somebody, and he's just playing video games all day long. I mean all day long. Let's say I got there at 10 in the morning or whatever. He'd be on the, on the video games from 10 in the morning until 10 at night, and then he'd go to bed. He never said, he, he wouldn't even say hello. He wouldn't even get up and say hello. He'd just wait and say, hey, Uncle Pete. And he wouldn't get up, nothing. And he was like that seven days a week. And it's really bizarre because, and and I don't know if you've ever worked a slot machine, but I've been to Vegas once, and we went there. And we sp- we got married there, and we were there for like a week on our vacation, on our honeymoon. And I love the slot machines. You know, you put the money in, you pull the, you pull the lever, and you hope something comes out. You hope you get a bunch of coins or whatever. But for me, I mean, the slot machines got boring after a while. We won a good amount of money on the slots. We won about twenty five hundred dollars on the slot machines, but. After I got that kind of a winning, I knew the chances of that happening again were real slim, so I just stopped playing them. I knew it was we weren't going to keep winning money at it like that. But it's addictive, and that's just what they want. They want you to be at a slot machine all day long. They want you on your phones all day long. They want you in a trance. Now, this article implies that it's, you know, capitalistic corporations that are trying to keep you glued so you watch the advertising so they'll make more money, so they'll stay in business, so they'll be popular, so they get you addicted, so you'll you'll want more and more and more. My theory, that is, I've not found anything on this yet, but my theory is that they do this because they want us all pacified. They all want us passive, they want us all docile and subservient and submissive. Because think about it, nobody has any fight in them anymore. Nobody does. And, and, and the people that are fighting, like the different groups, political groups that are running around rioting and smashing windows and doing smash and grab things, that's all politically motivated. It's designed to push us against each other, to get us against each other and fight against each other. But nobody really wants to fight. Do no one of us have any fight. Like right now, I, I don't hate the Chinese. I don't hate the Afghans. I never hated the Iraqis. But they kept trying to get me to hate the Iraqis. you got to hate the Iraqis because they had an agenda. They wanted our men and women in the armed forces to be in Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria. So they want us to hate these people. But now what's really weird 
after 20 years of being at war in this country, we've got this goofball president and vice president in office. All the Democrats are pushing this like fascist, communist agenda of some sort. They're trying to take all of our rights away, and nobody around us cares. Eh, let them do what they're going to do. Everyone says, what What? What good does it do us to fight? It's not gonna, we don't have any power over the, the United States government. See, I think that what they're trying to do is to emasculate everybody, men and women, to take our drive, our fight, our backbone away. And they've pacified us and they hypnotized us with the glowing icons we hold in our hands and the ones in the corner in our living room so we won't fight. They make us think we got it so good. You know, we got our McDonald's, we got our Pizza Hut, we got our beer and our cigarettes, then we got our porn now, we got our cell phones. Hey, it's not too bad, man. I can sit around and watch porn, and I can drink my beer, and I can watch TV, and I can go down to the Pizza Hut and get, get fat. They got us. They got us blind, fat, and stupid. Nobody has any fight. Nobody's going to. Nobody's going to uprise against the government. Nobody. Nobody has the energy to do that because they're in a trance. They've got us all hypnotized to think, "Don't fight. You don't need to fight. You got it good. You're American." I don't know, people. I don't know what you think. And that's what I discovered. For some reason, we can't look away from these. We cannot look away from these phones. We can't. Can you? I can't look away from my phone. I'm not certain, you know, how it, how it ends. But that right now, everybody's scared. And you combined that with covid Worldwide COVID, all of a sudden it's a worldwide pandemic. World, every continent has it. Everyone's dying. They got us all very conscientious about our mortality. I'm going to die. I'm going to get COVID. People are dying. It still doesn't even affect 1% of the population around the world, but everyone's convinced they're going to get in. They're going to die. Now, this has been going on for almost two years, and I know one person. Out of maybe 500 people I know, I know one person has gotten it and died. I have a friend of mine that I've known for like 40, 40, almost 50 years. He got it really bad. He almost died, but he recovered. Everybody else I know that's had it, it's just, it's just been like having the flu and they recovered from it. But they've got you all convinced that you're going to die. You have no power. Just read. Read the headlines on the, on the iPhone. Look at the iPhone. It's got you. It's got you in a trance. It's got you in a trance. Look deep, deep into my eyes. You are witnessing a demonstration of the awesome power of the human mind. The unlimited potential of total concentration. My mind is totally focused, able to maintain absolute and utter control. A mind such as this is a powerful force. It could even... Rule the world. Yeah, rule the world. I don't know, man. It's it's getting to be goddamn ridiculous. I don't know, people. I don't know what to say, but think about it. Try to pull yourself away from these phones. We don't need these phones. Don't go, you know, take it with you everywhere. Try to leave it at home. Try to, If you're going to go in the next room, leave it in the room you're in. It's not going to disappear. It's not going to affect your life in any way, shape, or form. I don't know, man. It's a strange and crazy world out there. We've got to pull ourselves away from these electronic devices 
and start living our lives like it's 1982, man. Because <laughs> in 1982, I was a sophomore in high school, and we had three channels of TV at home. We only played video games in video arcades or at the local pizza shop, and it cost 25 cents to 50 cents every time you played. And you could only get through three or four levels at a time unless you want to stay in the pizza parlor all night. We listened to music on vinyl LPs and cassettes and 8-track tapes. And we went to the movies to watch movies. We went to an actual movie theater and we sat in a crowd of 100 other people and watched movies. Nowadays, everybody's locked away in their homes thinking they're going to die of COVID-19. Nobody talks to each other. Everybody's mad at each other. They're all fighting each other on the roads and in the grocery stores and the taverns. Everyone's pissed for no reason. Nobody even knows why they're mad anymore. Something crazy is going on out there and it's time that we made a change did something about it. I will have this podcast. I'm going to try to publish this on my PT Pop channel on YouTube. So check out youtube.com forward slash PT Pop. Try to put it on bitshoot.com. Um, I'm working on a new documentary. It'll be coming out next spring about what it was like for me living with two alcoholic parents, being raised by two alcoholic parents. But take care of each other. Because all we have is each other. That's the bottom line. Throw away the cell phones. Log off of Facebook. Log off of Instagram. Stop watching all the news networks. They're all garbage. Turn off your TV. Throw out your TV. We all need computers now. You can't get rid of your computer. But just unplug from all that stuff. Turn off your phone. Turn down the lights. And get to know each other again. If you have a neighbor that's elderly... Help him or her shovel her sidewalk if you live where it snows. Or help him take out the trash. Do something for somebody else. Get out there and do something while you still can. Because all they're doing is they're taking it all away from us. They're taking everything away from us and we're, they're making us scared. Scared little zombies. All we have is each other. They don't want us to know that. They don't want us to remember that. Take care. I'm P.T. Pop. On a mind revolution where I lead you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time. I hope each and every one of you have a great holiday, regardless of what you celebrate. And be good to each other and your families and your kids. Take your dogs for a walk and your cats for a walk. Have a good day. Bye. You have been listening to PT Pop, a mind revolution. Leading you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time.